Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers hosted by me, Patrick, or Patamaro, and Hats on Lamps. How's it going, Hats? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Long time no talk. It's true. It's been a while. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, I wasn't on the last episode, and then uh, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, recording that one. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so much has happened. And we missed, we missed an episode between... Uh, the one you were on and that one too. So we have a lot of catching up to do. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? there's so many secrets I have to tell you. All right. So it's episode 89. <laughs> the chit chat was, is your idea. I'm, you wanted the, you wanted the pre episode. Yeah. Look how well it's going. <laughs> I wouldn't trade this in for the world. <laughs> so uh it's episode 89 for those of you tuning in for the first time we are a draft focused podcast our goal is to help you and me mostly me get better at draft it's not working anymore but we'll get into that um it's episode 89 and there's been zero improvement <laughs> there's been zero let me just say the 80s the, <laughs> the 80s were a tough one um <laughs> So we get into the nitty gritty of the drafting process with a little meta analysis and play tips thrown in. So, uh, yeah, this week we're going to do a draft. Uh, you know, the format changed a couple weeks ago and um, we had the last episode. We had Tempest Dragon King on and Cotillion on to talk about those changes. And since the changes happened, I started out strong and then uh, with the a nice 6-3 on my first draft with what I thought was a very medium Cambrai deck, and I thought I still had the magic. But then I had five two threes in a row and have dramatically slowed down my pace of draft. Yeah, so that will, I, that will have a chilling effect. Yeah. And uh, so I thought we would do a draft on this podcast, get a sense of how these changes have affected maybe the drafting process, and hopefully that'll... Reign- reignite some uh, some game winning, I hope. Though I will say our track record on co drafts is it's not great. It isn't. I thought we. I thought it was great. I thought we had. De- I thought our co drafts almost always have looked awkward, but then gone seven wins. I thought that was what was happening. Oh, maybe it's just the one that we recorded the whole thing, and we went o three. Did we go 03? See, I don't remember that happening, but I choose to focus on the positive. Yeah, that's maybe that's that's I think that's probably a key and healthy difference between <laughs> <laughs> I know that at least two of our co-drafts have gone seven wins though. I remember okay. that. Yeah, no, that's probably true. I guess I'm just focusing there's the one where we had is probably our sweetest looking deck, and then we lost remember we lost to John Holio on the podcast. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> I believe it happened, but I don't remember losses. I didn't realize until right now, I almost never remember getting beaten in this game. I know I must lose games all the time, but unless it was done in a remarkable way, I just don't file that away. Oh, yeah. 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 I I think that's... Yeah. that This must just... That's just a different mindset than I have. I mean, I, I probably lose more... 
a lot more than you, so it's like able to get hammered into my head a little bit more. But um, I can't say that that's the key to drafting well or doing well in the game, though, because I know for sure some of the people in the top ten have a really terrible attitude. <laughs> yeah, I I know it's 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 interesting. I mean, I think that's one of the the things I love and I like to sort of talk about is just how it does seem like so many styles and so many attitudes and mental attitudes still work for people it's just like yeah i for me it's a, a positive thing knowing that like someone's so curmudgeonly as whoever could also be a top 10 drafter i think just like is is a hopeful message it really means that anyone no matter how negative or mean-spirited or pessimistic you too still have a shot to be a top eternal drafter. Yeah. You also need to have some level of analytical brain, I think. If you're a curmudgeon who's just no good at math, it's going to be an uphill climb. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's definitely there's there's definitely a required skill set, but yeah. there's not there's not a personality type that succeeds. Yeah. yeah. In this digital card game. Yeah. Yep, you can be FTJP. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard those, but I don't know offhand what they stand for, so... Yeah, neither do I. I think that was feeling yeah. timid. <laughs> okay, you can be an Aquarius, you can be a Taurus. You, too, can succeed at draft. No matter whether Mercury's rising or falling, no. Well, this has been a great bit. <laughs> You, you don't. You, I guess you don't pay attention to Mercury. No, I don't. I don't pay any attention to Mercury. What Mercury's doing? It's another planet. And it's far away, so I'm not into it. <laughs> well, I know I'm not, sometimes it's rising and sometimes it's falling. I've heard that. Yeah. No, it's yeah. retrograde and it's. Oh, retrograde. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely a thing that Mercury does. <laughs> can be. It can be in retrograde. All right. Drink break. <laughs> and here we go. So today we're doing a tarot card reading. <laughs> I, you know, I might need it. I might maybe exorcisms. Anyone here do exorcisms? <laughs> to to compound my draft was I've only been playing bad constructed decks, so I haven't even been doing a good job at grinding gold while not drafting. So uh I'm sorry to hear that. I yeah. know you did take kind of a break from the game for the last week. Did that help at all? It did. This is... I, I kind of was just getting burnt out on losing a lot. And like we had talked about a, a few weeks ago, just kind of like the state of the game. And I don't know. The, the community was kind of just like... I needed to take a little bit of a break. And it was like... Felt like Eternal was becoming like a little all too consuming for me. So I did, uh, you know, I didn't totally stop playing, but took about like a, a week, a week break to sort of mentally reset myself and let myself do things in my free time other than play Eternal. Yeah. And that was, that was nice. Yeah, it sounds nice. So I, I tapped a few maple trees to make maple syrup. I uh, bought a robotics kit to build with 
my kid and uh, I did things other than ignore my kids and read Discord and uh, play Eternal. So that was good. Does sound good. Yeah. That sounds that sounds unimpeachably healthy. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I I went to started going to bed on time. Wow. Yeah. Again. So it was a very. It's been a very good week. So I'm hoping this will this will transfer into this positive energy will transfer into this draft that we have ahead of us. Really sounds like Eternal is super bad for you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. No, no, it is, I I don't know if it's bad. I think what, and I imagine people can relate, but because it can be so all-consuming, I can like, it can be a slippery slope where I'm like playing at a healthy rate, and then you get tilted or you lose a few games or you just start thinking about it too much, and then that just snowballs, and all of a sudden you like <laughs> realize that like all you're doing is playing or thinking about eternal and forgetting other things. Yeah. I think anyone who's played the game a little bit can relate to that. I, I myself took uh, about two weeks where I really wasn't playing eternal at all. Um, uh, I started again a few days ago, um, but I, I, I had, uh, I did not, I did not ease into the the format change as well. I almost immediately started losing and and drafting bad decks, and uh, it seemed it seemed like like what I was doing was just um, just pretty much random. <laughs> just like hoping that whatever whatever factions I was going into in the first pack were going to be open in the second pack, and I just wasn't thinking about it or being analytical about it or adjusting to the changes or. Just I was just sort of hoping that my sheer luck from the previous format would just continue into this one, and it didn't. Uh, so I just took some time off of it. I played other games. I did other things. And uh, um, I played Hearthstone, God help me. I, <laughs> um, the, there's did you changes. play ranked in Hearthstone? No, not well, a little bit. But I'm ranked, you know, as as low as you can possibly be ranked because I haven't played in years. Um, so I'm playing against other people that I do have potential to beat. So it was okay. Yeah. You can play uh, Hearthstone at that level with just the cards that you get for free. So that's more or less what I did. They added a new hero at some point, And so I was playing as Demon Hunter. Anyway, um, but then when I, I, I had the urge to, to do another draft a few days ago, and I just sort of changed my approach entirely. And I posted on the forum just sort of like, hey, has anybody else changed there? Uh, on our Discord, rather. Has anybody else uh, changed the way they approached this compared to the last format? And a bunch of, you know, smart people replied um, with with their changes, and there seemed to be some general consensus. And then I tried that general approach and succeeded almost immediately and then continued to succeed. So now I'm back where I'm comfortable drafting, where I'm winning most of the time. And it just took a couple of specific changes in how I approach the format. So uh, thank you, community, that has, <laughs> has popped up around um, around the podcast because you got me back on track. Um, and it's nice because now when I'm playing 
uh, people that I'm friends with through either the Discord or or whatever, um, or from when I was streaming, uh, will say that it's nice to see me in the queues again, even if I've just beaten them in a game of <laughs> Eternal, <laughs> which is very heartwarming. <laughs> No, I well, I think you know, Eternal is such a the drafting community is uh, so small that everyone's just ex- sort of not everyone, but you know, most people are friends and just excited to have other people who are just as committed to the game and the community as they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, and we've all played. We've all noticed that there's times when you're playing against the same handful of people um, over and over again, and so seeing a face that you know uh, that you know plays, but you haven't seen for a while for whatever reason, return means that the the pool of people you get to play against is, is, is larger by one, which is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so why don't we now? Thank the patrons, speaking of community that's been built up around the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, we have um, a Patreon at patreon.com slash farmingeternal for as little as a dollar a month. You can gain access to our show notes, recording bloopers, and uh, get a shout out on the show. So as always, thank you to Cotillion, Loki, Trickster, Sigma Tank, Mercurial Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Parmalee, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homrid, Raven Dragon, Esrit0215, Sunblaze, Work Done Sun, and Yistout. We really appreciate your support. And uh, actually, one of the other perks of joining the Patreon for even a single month is how rarely I check if you stopped subscribing to the podcast. So really, for the value of a dollar, you could potentially get episodes and episodes and episodes of extra value out of your Patreon subscription. So so I would say, really, honestly, (laughs) the first month is really your highest EV. Uh Yeah. Okay. That's that's a, yeah, like you said, pro tip. Yeah. All right. So I think we talked about our draft week. So yeah, I think we'll go straight that. to card of the week. Should we do my card? Well, let's yeah, do let's a fan do your card. What uh, favorite? Yeah. What's your card of the week, Patrick? My card of the week this week is I wanted to talk about Barricade Basher. For those of you who don't know, uh, Barricade Basher is a three fire five five. It's a unit, a sentinel. It has reckless and summon discard a card. Yeah. So this is the third time this has been your card of the week. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. So just uh, two more times and we'll get into the power of Barricade Basher. We're (laughs) right now at its cost. Is that what we want to talk about right now is the cost of Barricade Basher? (laughs) Uh, No, actually, what I I wanted to talk about is uh, a deck, my my final deck before I stopped playing for (laughs) for a week. had five barricade bashers. It had two auto treads. It had two stone hammers. It had the the rare uh, five one overwhelm weapon. It felt like a really powerful deck. It definitely had some clunker of cards. Um, I splashed a little bit of primal. I had a mighty strikes in it. 
So I was like, wow, this deck, it's just an attack. It's going to beat people over the head. And I'm going to finally, after four, two, threes in a row, get a winning deck. And then it went two, three. And in all of my losses, my opponents had so much removal. Um, and I guess I kind of wanted to use Barricade Basher just as a vehicle to talk about, like, have you felt like there's more removal in this format? Is that... I think there might be a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, do, I don't know for sure. Uh, it, I, I, I wouldn't guess that there's dramatically more removal than there was uh, before the Switch. But uh, I have seen people saying there's more, and I, I don't have any reason to doubt them. I, th I feel like I'm getting more permafrosts and uh, things like that than, than I used to. Uh, like, I'm seeing them. Do you think so, a possibility could be that more people are playing Shadow? It could be. Um, I would say that, in general, Fire decks have a tough time against Shadow decks, partly because Regen is so powerful against Fire-based mm -hmm. removal, because it does damage. Um, so often, like, something will have regen and you can't kill it with a laser blast or a char or something, um, before your barricade basher, like, blunders blindly into it. Uh, and maybe people have just caught on to Shadow being good. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, because it was sort of incredible. Like, two losses in a row, my opponent just, like killed three bashers in a row is that with cards like execute or yeah there was some execute there were some cut ties i mean there was a little bit of double blocking yeah but it just like there was enough to for me to empty my hand because i was playing barricade bashers and my opponents to be able to answer multiple ones of them and it felt very bad yeah. Well, you really have to have a strong suite of removal to back up your barricade bashers because you are going down a card and there are a lot of ways to stop them. Yes. Yeah, there's you can't just throw a million barricade bashers in a deck and then hope it does well all by itself. Um I've had very bad luck with barricade basher in my own decks. I don't take them as highly as a lot of people take them because I don't know how to make them work without a really good backup suite of cards um so uh i i you don't have to convince me that basher isn't all it's cracked up to be i do lose to them sometimes but it is a very all-in strategy and i know that if i drew you know a permafrost or an execute then all of that all of that bashing and then usually the uh, Malaga mu munitions that they put on the basher as well is, you know, all of that card advantage goes away in an instant if I have even one card that deals with it. Um, but, you know, sometimes you don't have it in your hand, so bashers are going to um, are going to rack up a few wins yeah. all by themselves. Uh, but it does feel it does feel risky. It doesn't feel like Basher is just like oh, uh, super mega card at common. Great, I just throw as many of them as I want in my deck. I think you do have to alter your your pick order once you know you're going to have a couple bashers in your deck in order to make sure that they can actually connect. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's kind of why I was splashing um, a card like Mighty Strikes in my, in my, uh, um, sorry, in, in my near mono fire deck, just because, you know, being able to give multiple bashers overwhelm or whatever is sort of another way to, to deal with blockers. That's true. That is another way. Um, but yeah, but uh, speaking of uh, other uh, excellent fire five <laughs> attack cards, what's yeah. your card this week? My card of the week is Surveiller, uh, which is a, is an oldie but a goodie. I don't even know what set this um, was introduced in because I did no research before um, deciding it was my card of the week. I, it was it was set five because okay. set five was the pledge set, the three faction. That makes sense. Um, it's uh, it costs four fire. It is a five two Sentinel with pledge. That's the whole card, um, and I, I'm it's my card of the week because. Uh, after the after the switch, where now the curated draft packs are in pack one and four, uh, they uh, Direwolf has uh, de-emphasized a lot of the good fire units um, that we were sort of used to playing with uh, before the switch, and so you kind of have to play whatever units they give you. Um, they don't you don't really get have the option. To just not play units in an aggressive deck, uh, so you try to uh, do the best you can with with the ones you have. This was a really weird choice, I think, because another boosted card is the four two that become that gets plus one plus one and overwhelm when you control the relic. It also costs four fire, um, and so it's there's two sentinels that cost four fire that with two toughness that attack for five most of the time, you know, it's very like that, like you're going to get enough of those four drops if you're playing fire now, because both of those are boosted in the curated draft packs. Um, but I've been surprisingly happy with surveiller. You would think in a, um, in a format with a bunch of, uh, you know, two power things with regen that surveiller would be unable to attack ever. But they've got to have it, you know. You've got to be playing against people who are playing regen. Um, and then there are there's both rampage and side slash to give units overwhelm. So surveiller can sometimes just get in um, and do enough damage if it's the top end in, a, in an aggressive deck. And uh, pledge has not been a huge thing for a couple of draft sets, but it's a really good ability. It's been overshadowed by plunder because plunder is so much more versatile. But sir, but um, having a mediocre unit like Surveiller in your opening hand, um, when you really in a in a uh, let's say you have two power, um, but you really don't want to ever have more than three power for your deck. You don't need it. It's an aggressive deck. It tops out like Barricade Basher, and then maybe you play a four drop if you have to. Uh, pledging the Surveiller um, and just making sure that you have that third power right at the beginning. Uh, is great. Makes the deck run smooth. Uh, Pledge used to be the best way of doing that before Plunder came around, and it's kind of nice playing with those cards again. Like the the Court Mage in Primal, the the two five with Pledge, also plays really well um, the, for the same reason. Because sometimes it's a power. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, I've been happy with Surveiller. There is no power matters theme in the set really. 
it's not there's a it's a couple of cards care about it, but not so much that you are picking up high power things just for the sake of high power. But you know, if this thing gets through, it does do five damage. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, looking at all of these new boosted draft pack fire beaters just like sort of makes me just feel worse about my deck which had all those bashers because you're just like you know there's the surveiller there's the the relic guy you were talking about you know there's the oni eulogist which is the three power four one with tribute to become a five two yeah and there's just so many of these like high attack but very fragile units that you really need to build your deck around for them to do something because they fall to us a slight breeze like yeah that's how it's set up yeah yeah um but those are the units you got uh they um uh the one three that gets uh that gets two power Mm -hmm. uh patroller patroller yeah flameheart patroller uh, is still boosted, but it's only five times instead of ten times, so you just can't count on getting those. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. I do like... Pledge is, like, really interesting. It's... I, I think this is, like, a, 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 a leak in my game is maybe the way to describe it, but, you know... Like, Pledge on a card like Surveiller and Court Mage feel, like, really good. But then, you know, one of the things that I had trouble with a bunch in... Um, I don't know if it's, it's still boosted, so this might not be relevant, is, but, like, Spore Spitter, uh, the six-cost... Uh, I think it might still be boosted, but probably not um, ten times anymore. Probably five. Yeah. The six Shadow Shadow 4-4 four, four that can get... Uh, life steal and unblockable if uh, you have enough uh if your opponent has enough cards in their void it that because there was so much discard in this format really felt like a solid finisher and because it was six costs you could often o- you would still only play a couple of them but like it, I've definitely had decks where it was like my only finisher more or less and then when it was in your opening hand, you're like, I really, really don't want to pledge this because winning this game is going to be a lot harder with, with, without this spore spitter. Um, as yeah. compared to like well, a court mage or a surveiller where you're just like, well, I have 15 other cards that are better than this in my deck. I think that speaks to the to the weird power of Spore Spitter in this format more than a problem with Pledge. It's because yeah. you can actually take it as a six drop and intend to play it as a six drop. Whereas I think when in the format where it was introduced, you would take it and it would be the worst six drop available and you would be happy to pledge it. Whereas yes. here it's actually strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess that's my point. It's kind of interesting how Pledge almost feels better on worse cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is uh, probably makes no sense, but definitely feels that way. So that's All Surveiller right. and Barricade Basher. I hope we get a chance to talk about Barricade Basher a couple more times. Oh, we might. 
<laughs> we still got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows how long? All right, so on to our seven-win run breakdown. Uh, this is our long-standing d- data collection project here at Farming Eternal, where listeners can send in their seven-win drafts to uh, farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them on our seven-win channel on the Discord, uh, either an exported deck list or any kind of Eternal Warcry link. And then we take it, we put it in a spreadsheet, we figure out what factions are doing well. We sometimes do a card by card breakdown to see what commons are standing out and stuff like that. And part of the, as a thank you for sending in your deck lists each and every week, we give a shout out to all the listeners who submitted a deck. So here they are. We have uh, three new contributors this week. We have Apaloon P, Hot Sip of Cold Tea, and Rockstar Cowboy. Thank you for taking the time to contribute. And then our veteran contributors are Abinego, A-Boss, Agent Dynamo, Alabazoo, Beard Broken, Collector, Cotillion, Psychologist, Darth Herman 2, Fast Cookie, FS Forward Sound, Full Robot, Gunner 116, Hats on Lamp, Honky, Ip Long No, John Avon, Madness, Out on a Limb, Sleffer 13, Steve Irwin, Tempest Dragon King, Vader, Who Does That, and Zethelorin. Um, What? Uh, <laughs> I think we looked up that one name, and it was it was something like Hanka, as a German name. No, it was it was Honky. No, it's Hanka. <laughs> oh, you we can it up. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, not saying like, it right. It's a German word. Oh, oh, I see. You're not talking about the time we looked up his explanation on how to say his name. You're talking no, about. I'm not. No, did he explain how to say his name? Yeah, we had a whole we had a whole five minute thing okay. where we went. Well, back. I've forgotten that. I don't like to dwell in the past. <laughs> I only remember the part where I looked up how it was supposed to be said in German, and I don't remember anything else. Oh uh, no, I I I remember because it tripped me up, and then it tripped me up for the next three times as I was like, "Is that how it was supposed to be said when I looked it up last time?" And then. And then this time I nailed it, and then he still brought it up. Yeah, well, this is all a blooper anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, so I guess a, a quick rundown. We've had 82 drafts since the format switched, and the main things to note is that Shadow, Fire, and Justice are now all neck and neck in the low 40% of deck lists. So... This means that um, Shadow is about where it was. Fire and Justice um, have come way down. And just to put that in perspective, like right now, Justice is in, like I said, in the low 40s. And in the, in 7 point or 10.1 or whatever the last format is, it was fifty. Is it was in fifty-seven percent of decks, so okay. which was by far the most. So Justice was our top performer, and now it's really it's third, but essentially the same as Shadow and Fire. While Primal is doing a little better than it was before, and Time we have very few Time decks. Of the eighty-two decks, only eighteen of them have had Time in them. Um, 
That's interesting. Yeah, the time cards in the curated packs are generally not that impressive. Uh, I think it's hard to end up in time. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I remember when doing the the episode with uh, Cotillion and Tempest Dragon, I especially because I do just like like relic decks um, a lot. I was like kind of excited, you know, like they had a lot of these relic synergy decks, which is kind of a new direction from the previous format, but was like, oh, these are kind of cool, and you have Amberlock and stuff to synergize and set ten, so. It felt like something could be there. Waystone Gate was back. Um, but, yeah, so far they are not showing up. Uh, it does not seem that, like, everyone is winning with uh, three Waystone Gates in their deck or whatever. So, No, I haven't encountered Waystone Gates in the field either. Um, I haven't, I've hardly played against them at all. Yeah, and I've in my five, six drafts, I've yet to see a Waystone Gate. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're not as boosted as they say they are. We we have we do have precedent for the actual boosting rating and uh, what direwolf spreadsheets to seem to be different. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because not no, I haven't seen I haven't seen a waystone gate to take and put in my deck at all. Um, and I haven't drafted this form this version of the format a ton, but. Enough that I should have seen one by now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and so uh, there's that. And then the other interesting thing of note, again, it's still early. It does not seem like there has been a jump in three-faction decks or two-faction splashes, despite the seemingly better fixing in this new format. Yeah, I, I don't know if... I don't know if the the rates at which Seek Power and Bannerman are supposed to be boosted are, are accurate either, because I'm not seeing enough of those to be confidently three color. Yes, yeah, those are boosted, and then I, you know, like the power was supposed is was supposed to be there was more boosted sort of just power cards too. Nor does it seem based on your experience to to be influencing your drafting decisions much. I think there's a good reason for why uh, the fixing in impacts one and four aren't influencing the final makeup of the deck that much. Um, and we can talk about that when we get into the sort of overall strategy, because we'll have to talk about that briefly before we actually do a draft. Um, and it's all, it all, it all goes together. Yeah. I will say just quickly that all of my seven win drafts since the switch have fire in them. Whereas before the switch, I was comfortably drafting not fire. Uh, Argentport was my best deck. Uh, I had a bunch of good Combray. I would still draft fire if it was open and and sometimes do well with it. But uh, I wasn't exclusively winning with fire decks, and now I am. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, to add a little sort of backing up of that statement of yours, while Fire, Shadow, and Justice are all sort of right around the same at 42-43%. Fire is also being splashed a lot. So 12% of decks are splashing Fire on top of the 43% of decks that are Fire, um, which is double the next 
biggest splash color, which is Justice. That makes sense. There's yeah. a lot of good splash of, splash of cards in Fire, Metal Fang, and Auto Tread, and yeah. any other removal. All right, so why don't we just head into a draft? Okay. Um, and, uh, so while you're getting set up there, I, I'll, I'll just briefly say the specific change that I made that's, that, that helped me succeed much more in this format than I was, um, which is that I am simply staying super open after pack one. I'm taking fixing and uh, a, a handful of powerful cards, um, but I'm staying away from the multi-faction cards as much as I can because I think it's very unlikely that I'll be able to play them. Uh, because I don't know what factions I'm going to be in at all after pack one. So I'm just sort of taking workhorse cards uh, that are very likely to make a deck if I do end up in their faction, um, and then fixing, like I said. And then I am paying attention to whatever is open in pack two, because uh, because so many people are, are pursuing a, a specific faction after pack one and getting a little bit locked into it, there will almost always be a faction that is wide open in pack two, and you can really reap the benefits. I'm seeing cards like Martial Efficiency go super late, like in the like seventh and eighth pick uh, regularly. And if I were locked into two factions that weren't Justice, I would have a hard time justifying picking them. But because my entire strategy is to stay open until I'm until I see which faction is going to give me goodies. Um, I'm getting those late martial efficiencies and other other things like that. So uh, once I just made that shift to stay open much longer than I was comfortable doing, uh, then I just started winning again. So I suggest that we do that here. And also, that's the reason why I'm not ending up uh, splashing very often, because um, uh, I because I'm I'm so committed. To going into the open faction and usually there is an open faction when i get to pack two and three that there isn't any reason to splash because i get a ton of powerful cards in my main faction and my supporting faction so i rarely feel like i need to um do any splash yeah that that's a interesting sort of interpretation of that because i I think without that further explanation that you did at the end, you know, when you describe how you get through pack one of staying open, taking a lot of fixing, you know, I think it's easy to think, oh, well, that means I'm like set up to be able to splash because I've taken all of this sort of unknown fixing in the first pack. But what you're really doing is just trying to make it through pack one without really committing to anything. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing above all else. All right. So, yeah, we have a draft opened up here. Um, so uh, we'll get right into it. Um, all right. Pack one, pick one. Our rare is Oblivion Spike. That's the five shadow shadow uh, zero five relic weapon that gets plus one uh, strength for each unit in your void. Uh, our uncommons are Steam Blast, which is uh, the primal removal um, that deals damage uh, equal to the number of units you have. Trickshot Ruffian, which uh, is the one-two for one justice that gives uh, strength and health to another unit equal to your justice influence. And Rampart Protector, the one-one for two uh, that makes a two-two soldier every time one of your Valkyries dies. Um, 
And then uh, all of the commons are more or less equally notable. I guess one of the more powerful ones would be Grizzly Contest, which is the uh, uh, three Shadow Shadow Revenge card. Sacrifice one of your units to kill an enemy unit. Um, there's an Oni Samurai, the one-two war cry for one. There's the Yeti Traditionalist, uh, which is a three-three that with Overwhelm that um, gets plus two, plus two with Muster. Uh, most of these are not first picks. I think the only common that I would take there as a first pick would be Grizzly Contest, but there is also a Seek Power. Um, so that would also be one that we would consider. Uh, and then I, th- I think that's that's everything here. Uh, any other any other first picks that you, that you would consider? No. I, no, I think for me it's probably... <sighs> Honestly between Seek Power, Grizzly Contest, and Oblivion Spike. Yeah, Oblivion Spike's not bad. It is... Um, you never know how much power... Uh, you never know how much strength it, it's going to have, but having five armor uh, does mean you probably get to hit twice with it, usually. Yes. And if Shadow's open, there's just so much discard in this format. You've you, it feels like you should be able to be able to make a pretty big Oblivion Spike. If you get that deck. Sometimes you aren't able to put together much of a self-discard deck. Uh, you need the right cards for it. Yes. There's only one or... There's there's only two commons, I think, that just... Well, three if you count Shoal Dredger, but Shoal Dredger only puts one card in your void. You can't count on that being a unit. Um, but you... You've got the one-drop Mandrake and then uh, Fatal Misstep that put four or two cards in your void, respectively. And that's kind of it. You might well, get Sunset, sunset Priest. You might get Sunset Priest, yeah. Um, so there's one common in, in packs one and four, and there's two commons in packs two and three. So it's not really a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think Oblivion Spike is so powerful that... Um, that I would take it over the Seek Power here, honestly. Okay, yeah. No, I think Seek Power is a, a great, safe pick. Yeah. Um, and the other question I, I had just with the cards that we talked about, not that I would think about first picking it, but have you gotten any muster things going? Uh, I know they kind of brought that back as a sub-theme a little bit, they did, and they brought back a few spellcraft cards uh, to kind of help it along. Not really any of the really seriously good spellcraft cards, though. Uh, other uh, changey stick uh, being a notable exception. Like in this pack, we've got Wilderness Refuge, which is the three-time uh, relic that gives plus one maximum power, and it has a spellcraft three that bounces one of your pen- opponent's units and raises its cost by two. And Wilderness Refuge is not, uh, by anybody's definition, a strong card. It's fine. It's playable. But um, you're not going to, like, it, like if you have to play a bunch of Wilderness Refuges in your deck to make your musters, to activate your musters, like, you're not in a very good position. <laughs> That's not a strong deck concept. No. Uh, All right. Yeah, and there's not a lot other than uh, other than Okessa's audience in packs two and three. There's not a lot of uh, inherent um, muster activators. You know, yeah. uh, martial efficiency does that, but what doesn't martial efficiency do? Yeah, exactly. Synergizes with everything. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll take the seek power here. Okay, pack two. Uh, there's a horde leader. Uh, that's the 3-3 three, three, uh, for five fire. Uh, when it attacks, your other attacking units get plus one strength this turn, uh, and it's got renown to play a barbarian camp, and that gives plus mm-hmm. one strength to everything. Um, there's a tunne- tunneling gargantua. That's the eight Elysian 5-5 five, five with killer and pledge, and it's bigger if you have a big relic. Uh, there's a Polymorph, uh, which is the three primal transforming unit into a 1-1 one, one frog. Excellent removal. And uh, those are the uncommons. A rare was taken from this pack. Um, in the common area, I th- really think Execute is the most powerful car common without uh, any contest. Yes. Yep, I agree. There's also the token of ambition, a surveiller, yep. and uh, siege provisions uh, of my favorite, consuming greed, and yep. uh, wild rider and serene excavator. Yeah, consuming but, greed is a is a great card when it works and super yeah. bad when it doesn't. Um, yeah, so I guess it's the question. It's between polymorph and execute. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's true that it's harder to build a good. Uh, primal deck than a good shadow deck. Um, however, Polymorph is a better card than Execute. Yes. Yeah, I agree. In most cases, I, I, there are some weapons in this format. But. That's true. It's not good against weapons. Um, but it is good against blockers, whereas Execute is really terrible against blockers. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I think... I think because this is the the format is so warped and there isn't that much um, support for primal, I would be okay taking the execute here. Uh, it feels it feels weird, but it might be the winning strategy anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, you know the the thing that would lean me towards execute is mostly your comment that said a lot of your decks have played fire and. Skycrag is really not not where Sky I want. Skycrag's tough. Skycrag's tough, and I don't think Mighty Strikes is boosted as much as it was um, before the switch either. You don't see them very often. Yeah. And Mighty Strikes is one of the main reasons that you even want to be in Skycrag because other than that, what are you doing? Yeah. So what do you think? Execute or Polymorph? Let's let's take an Execute. I think All in right. a vacuum, in a in a totally balanced format, it would be Polymorph. But I think Shadow's enough stronger than Primal right now that that. Uh, executes better and then we of course get a mighty strikes um <laughs> yeah and packs... a sunset priest for that oblivion spike we passed no i know <laughs> i know you never know what's gonna happen uh so uh let's see there's a rare and uncommon missing from this pack uh the uncommons remaining are twinning ritual the uh elysian uh two cost spell that makes a copy of a unit in your hand uh and gives it plus one plus one there's a grenadine bellower that's the two one for two in shadow. Um, when it dies, your units get plus one strength. Uh, and then in the common section, there is a mighty strikes, uh, a bunch of garbage, a shield bash, um, a magmatic sentinel. That's the seven five for eight that deals five damage to an enemy unit, and a sunset priest. The three three for three in shadow uh, that discards the top three cards of each player's deck. Yeah, and then for me with this pack, I think it's probably between Grenadine Bellower and Sunset Priest. 
And I would lean towards Sunset Priest, but I do have a question about um, how you feel the two-drop slot fills up in this new format. I I don't... I, I think it fills up fine if you follow the strategy of going into whatever is open in, in pack two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you can struggle if you try to stick to your picks from pack one too hard. Um, but I haven't had trouble getting enough two drops um, when, I've, when I've used that strategy. Uh, you, sometimes they end up being one drops, but I've almost always got enough stuff to do on turns one and two. Yeah. Not, enough so that I'm not worried about getting a replacement for Granite and Bellower. <laughs> All right. So what what's your feeling on this? Part? I agree with Sunset Priest. I think it enables what Shadow wants to be doing. Um, and so I think it's I think it's strong enough. I, it's funny because Sunset Priest wasn't uh, really all that exciting, but there's a lot of support for it in Shadow in this format. Yeah, I mean, I've always... Yeah, it's a card that I like. Yeah. This is an interesting pack. So, uh, uh, a common, a rare, and... An, uh, a common, the rare, and an uncommon are missing. Uh, the uncommons are Leyline Tracer, uh, the 3-3 three, three for 4-time time with Decay, and when you play a spell, it gets plus 1... Uh, it gets, sorry, it gets plus uh, health and strength equal to the cost of that spell. There's Knight of Sorrow, uh, which is uh, five justice shadow, a four four with life steal, and it has tribute, so it gets plus two plus two if something has died on the turn that you um, that you summon it. And the commons remaining: there's a siege provisions, uh, a reverberating strike, a token of tradition. That's the time justice primal one, a talon of nostrix, the two two for two relic weapon, a teleport horn of plenty, and a changey stick. So pretty solid pack. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. Both of the uncommons are very strong. They are. Um, so that's kind of where I would I would lean uh, personally. Um, it is interesting that there's no fire card and, and no single source shadow card. Um, that's true. So. That's, I think, something worth noting. Um, I don't know. I I like Leyline Tracer better as a card. Um, Knight of Sorrow kind of fits in with what Shadow's trying to do a little bit. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it's a strong card anyway. Uh, I think it would be a strong card if there was no theme whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I don't know if I'm good enough or smart. Tribute is like the worst ability for me. I I never play tribute cards well. Tribute cards just underperform for me because I don't feel smart enough to use them most effectively. Yeah, that's fair. Um I I think you you are putting a lot of uh, agency in your opponent's hand because you're you'll you'll have to make weird attacks to try to get something killed and you have to play a psychological game to make it seem as though you don't want them to kill your unit that turn and good opponents will often know that there are tribute cards in the format so if you're in shadow and justice especially they'll 
um, they won't they won't make bad trade they won't make like advantageous trades for themselves for fear of setting off a tribute that kind of thing so it's a tricky it's a tricky um, ability for sure right as compared to leyline tracer it's like pay, play a big spell I can figure out how to do that indeed um, but I, so what are you thinking. I, there's there's justification for taking a lot of different cards here, um, and to be honest, uh, I don't I'm not confident enough in what the powerful archetypes are in this version of the format. Because um, as I said, I've been drafting fire a lot, and fire is going to be cut here in this draft probably. So I I think that leyline tracer just being a good card. Um, I would probably just take that here. And if time happens to be open in packs two and three, then there will be a lot of support for it. Okay, so you want to take the Leyline Tracer? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't uh, Taking Knight of Sorrow would make it very hard to get off of Shadow, and we may still have to. Yeah. Okay, I, I like that. Uh, except for time sort of considered one of the worst colors. And also, there's no time cards. Yeah, there's no time cards in this pack, so it might have been a waste to pick. But also, you know, this pack, as usual, is is made up of multicolor cards that you're not sure you'll be able to play, and mediocre cards with only one faction. So, what's in this pack? Only commons. Um, there's a Valiant Leap. There's a Spore Breath. That's the shadow removal spell that gives an enemy unit minus one, minus one for each unit in your void. Uh, there's a Mortar, that's the Skycrag 4 damage removal spell. There's a Silverwing Purge Leader, that's the 3-4 Flyer for 6, Justice Justice, uh, that gets Lifesteal with uh, Tribute. Uh, there's another Yeti Traditionalist. Uh, what do you think about this pick? I guess I, I would lean towards Spore Breath. Um, it fits with our cards. I mean, I guess there's the next most powerful card if we're ignoring Valiant Leap and Mortar as double color cards is probably Silverwing Purge Leader, the flying tribute lifesteal 3-4. Um, but I don't know. I think Spore Breath can be pretty powerful, especially since we already have a Sunset Priest in our pool. I agree. I think Spore Breath's fine here. Silverwing Purge Leader is a perfectly good 6-drop, but I haven't found that it's hard to pick up enough 6-drops here. So this next pack uh, has a Temple Standard. That's the um, that's the power that transmutes into basically a teleport when you when you reach five. There's let's see a Greed's Reward, a Rebuke, Spitfire, Oni Eulogist, Ticking Grenadine, and Silverblade Reaper. All right, and then I think in this pack for me it's between uh, Silverblade Reaper and Temple Standard. I think Temple Standard's probably the best card in the pack um being a power that can be you turn into a spell late game but silver blade reaper i think there's maybe an argument for it because we've been picking a lot of shadow cards it's shadow it's not that bad of a shadow card and if we if we're staying open by sticking to one faction in this pack and then figuring out what pack two or three, which is like a normal way to draft. I think there's a good argument for it, but if you're, but I also think if we're not really wanting to commit to a color too hard, then maybe temple standards, a better card to take. 
Yeah, I like your reasoning. I think I would take Temple Standard here. Uh, Silverblade Reaper is fine and very good in some decks, but um, it, it's not the kind of card we're looking for for our um, uh, for like the self mill deck particularly. You know, it'll be fine, but it'll just be it'll just be a card that doesn't contribute to our main strategy. Um, it's it's removal, but it's not the best removal. You know, uh, execute and spore breath are better. <laughs> so right. uh, we'll find other shadow cards that are stronger than Reaper if we end up in shadow. But Temple Standard is sort of irreplaceable because it's both a power and a spell. Yes. All right. Yeah, and I agree with that. So we'll take the Temple Standard here. Okay. Next pick, uh, Crown Watch Standard. That's uh, that's uh, similar to Temple Standard, but much stronger because it gives a unit plus three plus three, and life steal for a turn. Uh, also, there's a Court Mage, like we were talking about earlier, a Prickly Grenadine, Torrent of Filth, Token of Menace. That's Fire uh, Primal Shadow, and a Shield Bash. All right. So I think we just take the Crown Watch standard. Out yeah, of this seeing time. it seeing it this late means either people don't know how to evaluate cards in this draft, uh, or they're just staying out of justice for some reason. Both of which would mean that we should take it. Yes, I, I it, this pack is interesting to me to wonder what you would take out of this pack if there was no Crown Watch standard. It's a good question. I would probably, act, uh, given the cards that we have, take Torrent of Filth. Um, Torrent of Filth gets cut from my decks a lot uh, in the end, but it's okay filler in a in a format that still has a lot of powerful cards with only one toughness. Mm. Okay, so there's no um, consideration for like Token of Menace just to take a power here? Uh, I, that's probably my second pick, yeah. Okay. I'm never, cra- I'm never crazy about the tokens, to be honest, but um, yeah. it would be fine to play one, sure. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. I think I would have taken Prickly Grenadine, but... Uh, it's fine, yeah. yeah but no. Grenadine almost certainly gets cut from the final deck. If Reaper's going to get cut, Grenadine would. Um, so here's another pack. Uh, there's an Emerald Spear, which is a 4-3 weapon for 7. Um, not good unless you have a Valkyrie, in which case it makes a 2-2 Soldier. It's still a pretty weak card. An ensnare that kills an attacking enemy unit with flying. The rest of the commons here are primal, yeti taunt patrol, natural order, and reverberating strike. <sighs> yeah, this is not super exciting to me. Um, no. I guess for me, it's I would either take ensnare, um, to I don't know, just in case, or uh, probably Yeti Taunt Patrol if I take a Primal card out of this pack. And I'd probably take Yeti Taunt Patrol. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, everything else is sort of replaceable. Um, it's unlikely that Yeti Taunt Patrol makes the final deck too, but it's okay. This is how most of my drafts in pack in, in this format go. Is I get a bunch of is I get a bunch of junk and a few powerful cards and and then it's super easy to stay open <laughs> going into the next pack because uh, my deck so far will be a pile of nonsense. Uh, this pack has Audacious Ruse, Spitfire, Safe Return, and Slag Fury Berserker. Uh, none of these are super strong, obviously. Um, I, th- I guess I don't think there's a world where Audacious Ruse is really strong for us. Um, there is or there isn't? I don't think there is. Oh. But I yeah. guess it's still the strongest card in this pack. Yeah, I think I 
ta- I think I take Audacious Ruse. I mean, Crown Watch Standard, I think, is that or Execute are our two strongest cards. So yeah, we can take Ruse. And we have the Yeti Tom Patrol. So our um, you know our Huru Soldier decks, you know, slowly coming together. Yeah. Uh, this pack has a Belching Behemoth, a Gravewatch Ancestor, and a Wisdom of the Elders. I guess Gravewatch Ancestor here. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I think I think so. And then there's a Journey Guide and a Shield Bash. Uh, um, I think Shield Bash is so much better than Journey Guide. I would just take it here, even though it's more <laughs> likely that we end up in time. Uh, I don't. I don't know. There's very few decks where I really want to play a journey guide. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't know. It's. It's okay every once in a while. I know there are some people that kind of like journey guides, but I agree. I tend not to play them. So, we're going to take shield bash. Yeah. Let's take shield bash. Okay. And then a prancing griffin is the final pick. I think prancing griffin's usually playable. So. I agree. Actually, the the main problem with Prancing Griffin is no one picks them, despite one of a one of usually being pretty good in your deck. So then I'll have like four of them in my pool. Yeah, that's the problem because you don't want to play four of them. Yeah, it's a nice market card, you know. Just like if you need to do that last bit of damage or whatever. All okay, right. so here we are into pack two, the real so, cards. <laughs> we should let's go over our pool quick. Let's do it. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, only five units so far uh, in a rainbow of factions: uh, Prancing Griffin, Gravewatch Ancestor, Sunset Priest, Yeti Taunt Patrol, uh, Leyline Tracer. Uh, our spells are a Seek Power, Audacious Ruse, Execute, Spore Breath, and Shield Bash. Um, and we have a Crown Watch Standard and a Temple Standard. Yeah, so I think uh, so far. Um, we've hit one of your two points, which was stay pretty open in pack one. We have not touched any fire, though. We haven't touched any fire. I think it was pretty cut. We saw a few fire commons, but not ones that any anyone in their right mind would have leapt on. So uh, it's unlikely that fire uh, is going to be open in pack four. But we'll have to see if it's wide open in pack two, then then we just have to play it. Yes. So uh, this pack, uh, the rare is Pyrotech Explosion. That's the three fire fire uh, spell that does four damage and it can't be stopped by Aegis. Uh, it has an amplify uh, of five that doubles the damage it deals. Uh, the uncommons are uh, from the heavens, the nine justice justice kill all units spell. Um, there's the nectar of unlife. Uh, the two shadow um, spell with decay that deals two damage um, and an amplify three to draw a unit from your void and give it decay and void bound. But then there's a death wing, uh, the two three uh, Argent Port uh, flying deadly life steal Valkyrie. Uh, those are there's some strong uncommons and a good rare there. Uh, commons uh, there's um, Cobra Gear, Mabeloft Elite, Send for the Reserves. Dyer's Beckoning, Covenant Peacekeeper, Skyguard Sentinel, Blackout the Skies, and Junk Obstructor. So we have a lot of choices here. Yeah, some really good commons, some really good uncommons, and a pretty good rare. Um, yeah, I guess 
first off, just in a vacuum, how do you compare Pyrotech Explosion to the two uncommons, Deathwing and Nectar of Unlife? I would take Deathwing and Nectar of Unlife over Pyrotech Explosion. Okay. So we don't... So for the sake of this discussion... for So then we can put Pyrotech Explosion to the side because we have zero fire cards. So staying in our colors is not a consideration. Correct. Um, so I think the these two uncommons are better than all of the commons. So then I guess the question is, do we take Deathwing or Nectar of Unlife? I would lean towards Deathwing here just because um, Deathwing can kind of win a whole game by itself. Ne- Nectar is also a very, very good card, and it is mono-faction, but I think Deathwing is sort of one of the cards that's worth splashing for in this format. Okay, so we can take a Deathwing, and I do think our Fire and our Justice, or our, sorry, our Justice and our Shadow are two best colors, so. Yeah, we still need to not be too attached to that because there's always a possibility that we're just going to have to abandon them. But uh, with luck, you know, we'll just stay in the factions that we want to play. That could happen. It's like a one in five chance. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> probably worse than that. Anyway, uh, so this next pack, uh, the rare is missing. So no information there. Uh, there's uh, The uncommons are a cast out, a speed grafter, and a blight pedal. Speed grafter, of course, the uh, the time grafter. Blight pedal, of course, the weirdest card in the format. Um, and then in commons, uh, there's a. I think it's really only shoal dredger that's a that's a common that you would take early. Everything else is pretty situational. Yeah, I agree. So I I think this again is a sort of a similar question. I think like if you just looked at our pool. I would probably take Shoal Dredger, but I think Speed Grafter is probably a better card in the vacuum. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and we do have two solid time cards, uh, three solid time cards, if you count Ancestor, Tracer, and uh, and uh, the Temple Tactics. Yes. Though we do have Deathwing, Execute, Spore Breath, in shadow which i think are probably of similar similar power level to you know our three time cards we do yeah um and of course shoal dredger is is a pretty good card to have as your top end in those shadow decks so what do you think well um, I think let's uh, let's lean towards our uh, let's let's use our statistics and the um, and the uh, the uh, the spreadsheet that um, that we cultivate as a community and say that uh, shadow is enough better than time than taking a good shadow card here is better than taking a stronger uh, card in a weaker faction. Let's All take right. the shoulder. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think even ignoring the small small sample size of, you, you know, this set, this newest format, like time has just consistently underperformed. So I think it's safe to to be wary of it. I think so. Uh, so this next uh, this next pack uh, has a, an uncommon and a rare. 
missing. The remaining cards are Zumic Whisper, um, which readies all of your units and gives them Decay and Endurance uh, this turn. The Beacon of War uh, that gives your attacking units uh, plus one strength. Um, and then when you summon it, you can amplify to exhaust enemy units. Very aggressive card. Uh, in the commons, there's a side street monitor, the 2-1 flying and regen for three justice. There's a shock troops. I don't think we have any amplify cards yet, do we? No. Uh, none at all? Okay. And uh, there's a laser blast and a send for the reserves. And I think that's about it for the commons that we would pick at this point. I guess amber lock if we really wanted to be in time. Yeah, and I think... Uh, side street monitor is probably the best card. I think so too. Here for us, I mean, laser blast is probably a better card, but I don't know if that's my first fire card I'm taking. Right, I don't think so either. Okay, so then side street monitor here. We have a side street monitor now, and um, now we've got. Uh, let's see. There's realign the stars, uh, Feln painting. That's primal shadow painting. And in the commons, uh, another amber lock. There's a metabot station, a snipe, an overdrawn harvester. Pretty weak pack overall, I think. Um, yes, and there's about. no justice card in the pack. No justice card in the pack, so that's worth noticing. Uh, the only fire card is uh, is D'Angelo Counterfeiter, or however, however you say that. But yeah, somebody's taking justice cards from this direction, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the best card in this pack is Metabot Station anyway, unless we would we had some Amplify cards to fetch with Realign the Stars, in which case I'd absolutely take that. But Metabot Station's a fine card. Yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, I I do think it, you could consider speculating on Realign the Stars, but I think I would take Metabot Station. Yeah, I think it's uh, Realign the Stars can sometimes end up just getting nothing out of your deck. Okay, so uh, this next pack does have justice cards in it. <laughs> and some pretty good ones. Because why anything? Um, so the uncommons remaining are... The rare is gone, uh, but all three uncommons are here. Cyberhound, uh, the 3-3 three, three Grenadine for three in Primal that can get Berserk and draw a card if you already have a, a Grenadine when you draw it. There's Venomous Nightshade, which is a pretty awesome card, actually. Um, if we were gonna, If we were going to play... Shadow Time, uh, that's the 3-2 three, for 3 um, that gives all your Mandrakes plus 1 Strength and Deadly when you activate an ultimate ability. Um, and then when you gain health, makes a little seed. A little seed? Yeah, a little seed. Uh, then Silver Slicer, the Valkyrie Warp 2-2 uh, Relic Weapon for 3. Um, but in the commons, we have Razorbot, we have Bastion Gatekeeper, we have Shock Troops, and also Oni Hybrid. And I feel like I slam the gatekeeper here because it's a two drop, which we have zero of so far, um, and it's one of the better justice commons. Okay, yeah, yeah. For me, it's between Razorbot and Gatekeeper, but I can see slamming Gatekeeper. Yeah, Razorbot's totally fine, of course. But in Argentport, it's actually if we do end up in Argentport, which we are looking like we'll be able to pull off here. Razorbot's not the strongest card because it doesn't really contribute to the main game plan. You have to wait for your opponents to trade with it, um, and it's not active really. It only um, and and then you're not playing the colors that allow it to be broken, which is primal um, to give it things like uh, like ice bow and 
uh, ghastly perfume or fire to give it laser blast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess really I was that thinking advantage. that it could fit a little bit in Argentport. I, I mean, this isn't why I would take it, but, you know, because Argentport can have just like a lot of dinky flyers and Razorbot can kind of be on the ground to trade with the opponent's biggest thing. Yeah, it does that job fine. Um, it's just also super easy to kill and it kind of puts uh, control of the of things in your opponent's hands. I agree. All right, so we'll take Bastion Gatekeeper. Uh, this next pack has a Cyber Combustion. Um, that's uh, the only uncommon left. I don't think we're going to take that and go into Primal for it. Um, Notable Commons is another overdrawn, uh, overdrawn Harvester. Gravity Glove, uh, Valkyrie Emulator, and Replicated Cell Sword. Yeah, and for me, it's between Gravity Glove and Cell Sword. We've got a ton of three drops at this point. Um, Unit-wise. But Sellsword would be fine. You know, I'd still play it. Uh, but I think Gravity Glove is an, is an outright good card, even if you don't have any way of, of recurring it. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think I would... Uh, yeah. I guess that my argument for Sellsword is I'm still not... <laughs> I, if, I, I, if I was still sort of not convinced we were it, we were going down this Argent port path and wanted to stay open. Um, that would be good. But I think the fact that we're getting a gravity glove, uh, let's see, sixth pick, means that justice is open enough that we should be taking justice cards. All right. So we'll take gravity glove then. Uh, next pack, there's no justice cards. <laughs> or shadow cards. <laughs> or shadow cards. Uh, we might not be shadow. It's possible. Um <laughs> Uh, the there's nothing there's like not a lot of great cards here but I do think I know what I would want to pick here um, so there's uh, the commons uh, remaining are gleaming grenadin wind channeler pesky wire tour expand the reach stalking cyber fang and oni hybrid Ooh. I mean what are you thinking oni hybrid I am thinking Oni Hybrid, just because we just took a Gravity Glove and it would be good with that. Um, none of the other cards are exciting. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, especially because um, Shadow's not, <laughs> yeah, not, not seeing... existing. Like, I think yeah. if, we, if we were a little stronger in Shadow, I think uh, Pesky Wire Chewer for, like, a Stone Scar deck, or even Stalking sure. Cyber Fang for, like, a um, Grenadin deck would be possible. We've been past a, f- a f- we've passed a few sort of Grenadin specific cards, but because it's, Shadow's drying up, I don't. I'm not yeah, we that can take the hybrid. So it, here's yes. uh, we took the hybrid. Yeah, we took the hybrid. Uh, this next pack has uh, some stuff. Let's see. There's a fatal misstep of Valkyrie Emulator and a bring into focus. I guess. Yes. And I think Fatal Misstep is a strong card. Um, I think uh, it's hard to tell why it would go this late when we haven't been seeing any other shadow cards, but it's a you know it's a strong removal spell. Okay, so you like that? I I, think, I would take it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I feel like there's an argument for Valkyrie Emulator, but uh, I, Valkyrie Emulator is fine. I just think Fatal Misstep is much more powerful. I I agree. Um, so we'll take Fatal Misstep. 
And this pack has a Frostbite, Shock Troops, uh, Malaga Munitions, um, and an Arms Race. Yeah. I think we just take Shock Troop. Yeah, we have a Gravity Glove. Do we have anything else that activates it? No, nothing else so far that activates All it. All right. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll end up with enough. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully. And, you know, I, I do think there's an argument with Shock Troop that if people just have to respect the Shock Troop. They do. They have to act as though you can uh, um, make it terrifying at any time. Uh, Shock Troop, uh, by the way, is the 1-1 one, one, uh, for 1 injustice that gets a plus 3, plus 3 weapon if you activate Amplify at all. Uh, so all this right. next pack has uh, Malaga Munitions, a Plated Hook Claw. Uh, that's the uh, spell damage um, granted in in Primal. And also in Okessa's Audience. So I guess yeah. we'll just take Okessa's Audience. Yeah, I think we'll take Okessa's Audience. And this pack has Brash Flame Spewer and Metabot Station. We can easily take a Metabot Station here, I think. Yep. And then a Razorbot. So we got a last pick Razorbot. Uh, and even though I, it's not a priority for me to pick up razor bots in an Argentport deck, it's perfectly fine to have them. <laughs> it's wow. a fine card. Also, we opened an Argentport legendary, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's before we reveal what we opened, uh, let's take another quick look at the, our, our deck list. We have a Prancing Griffin, Razorbot, Shock Troops, Bastion Gatekeeper, Deathwing, Side Street Monitor, Sunset Priest, Yeti Taunt Patrol, Leyline Tracer, Oni Hybrid, and Shoal Dredger. Our attachments are Gravity Glove, Okessa's Audience, and two Metapod Stations. Uh, our spells are Seek Power, Audacious Ruse, Fatal Misstep, Execute, Spore Breath, Shield Bash, um, and we have still have the Crown Watch Standard um, and the Temple Standard. Uh, oh, all right, so just just in your normal drafting, your day-to-day drafting, so yeah. would, would you take all non-Argentport cards out of your pool right now or put them into your pool? Not at this point. I I will reach a point where I find myself distracted by the cards that I'm not going to play, but usually not quite yet. Okay. But it does look very much like we'll get enough playable cards in Argentport to be able to to just play that deck. Yes. So if you get if they start seeming um, if the other cards are, are getting to be a distraction, let's let's do that. Uh, so the legendary is Battlemaster Cataxius. Uh, it's a two three for two Justice Shadow. When you play a relic weapon, Cataxius, and each weapon in your deck get its battle skills and plus one plus one. It also has Valkyrie Warp, um, so you can play it from the top of your deck if you have a Valkyrie in play and gain uh, Justice Justice Shadow Shadow influence. It's not like a crazy exciting legendary, to be honest. No, and it really the only relic weapon we have right now is a single gravity glove. That's true. Yeah. So let's take a look at the rest of the pack. Um, uh, there's uh, the uncommons are tools of oppression from the heavens uh, and a power cell. That's a praxis card. Um, in commons. We have really just there's dark water vines and a fatal misstep. Also a Ma- uh, Mabeloft elite. If we were still open to primal, yeah. But basically, this is between dark water vines, fatal misstep, and B- battlemaster Cataxius. Yeah, it it is. I don't know. I feel like fatal misstep's probably a better card. Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Battlemaster is 2-3 is two, for 2. 2-3s are actually pretty good in this format because of all of the various 2-2s two, that they have to deal with. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's not going to be an exciting card. Uh, it will be rarely activated. Yeah, and we, uh, right now our only Valkyrie is Deathwing. Right. Um, but I mean, it is also a, a legendary. I don't know. It and is a legendary, can... and it's a two drop, and we need two drops. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough to play two drop, but yeah, it's not that hard if you are playing just two factions. Yeah, because it only it only requires one justice, one shadow. I don't know. You sound like a luckier guy than I am. I am a luckier guy than you are. <laughs> I think that's um, it's scientifically proven. <laughs> uh, so should we take the Battlemaster then? Let's just take the Battlemaster. I feel like it's wrong to pass it up. All right. But probably the response would have been uh, either uh, Vines or Fatal Misstep there. Oh, so what do we got here? Um, we have another legendary, uh, Diabolic Machinations. Uh, very rarely gotten to see this in draft. Um, what does it say? It costs six Shadow, Shadow, Shadow. And you draw two different cards from among the top three of your deck, then bottom the rest. And you can amplify by taking one damage uh, to look at one more card. How good is this, do you think? Doesn't sound great. No. If it put everything in the void, that would be another thing. But it puts the cards on the bottom of your deck. Yes. Yeah, the main issue also is we don't really have any bombs. Like, no. there's no card we're, like, digging for. No, we're not fishing for anything in particular. It would just be card selection. And it's expensive. It costs six to draw two cards. Yeah. All right, what uh, else is in the pack? There's Glen Scout. That's a, that's an Elysian card. There's Roto Scavenger. It's a 2-1 with Decay for two. I don't think we have any way of sacrificing anything yet, right? So no, we do might not. Might as well have no ability. There's another side street monitor. Um, other commons are hardiness, uh, frostbite, laser blast, pollen sprayer. Yeah, I think we just take a side street monitor. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, we're we're. This is something that happens in um, Argentport sometimes, as you end up with a lot of cards that are very vulnerable to auto-tread, but there's not much you can do about it. Um, yeah. Here in this next pack, uh, a rare and a common are missing. The uncommons are Cyber Combustion, Coveted Gemstone, and Vinegrafter. I think if we're in Shadow, you just take Vinegrafter over almost anything. There's also a Stayer's Beckoning, but Vinegrafter is just what we're looking for. We don't have a lot of two drops, and it's one of the best ones in the game. Yeah, I agree. Next pack. Um, we are kind of Vinegraft or Styre's Beckoning would be good. It would be nice to get some Valkyries for this deck with two Valk Warp units. But... Oh, absolutely. Um, but not over a Vinegrafter. Yeah. So here, uh, let's see. There's a. Uh, I think it's a given that we can play our, our Argentport deck now. We keep getting cards for it. Um, so there's a Darkwater Vines here. There's a Replicated Cell Sword, um, a Shadow Walk Cloak. We could start looking at those since we have a way of accessing the market, and a Fatal Misstep. Yes. So again, this is always. Con I think I just take the Darkwater Vines. I it's agree. not really do doing much in this deck. We do. We only have one Shoal Dredger, but. Um, but it is a good card. 
Yeah, uh, it is a good. It's a good card by itself, and we have a shoal dredger. And um, let's see. I guess we don't have any other way of taking advantage of things in the void at all. But we might. Spore breath. We, might we also have, we have spore. spore breath. So spore breath and shoal dredger. But that's enough. I mean, having cards that actually make those cards better is good. Yeah. All right, um, and we have a lot of threes for spell sword. We certainly do. And yeah. So this next pack has a Scrap Metal Fury. That's pretty late for a Scrap Metal Fury, so this is the worst I've felt for not being in fire, but we can't really splash it. It's a double fire card. There's another From the Heavens. Um, there's a Sludge Blade, a Side Street Monitor, and a Darkwater Vines. This is also the second hardiness to go by. Usually I don't see... Usually people first pick hardiness, and I never see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... I think I would just take another Darkwater Vines here. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. I I wish we had more Valkyries, or I would argue for Sludge Blade with uh, no, Battlemaster. We, we only have one, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely Sludge Blade is good with Battlemaster, but not, not in this deck, the, the way it's set up right now. So hey, yo! Pack, yeah, this is pretty fun. Um, this is... Uh, we've got a Beacon of War and a Metal Fang. Um, and commons are a Laser Blast, another Sludge Blade, Side Slash. But let's just take a Metal Fang, uh, metal fang and Splash for it. We already have a Seek Power. Yep, I agree with that one. Great six drop. Um, we have here a Barricade Basher. Fire's pretty open from this direction. It's okay, though. Um, I think our deck is, is, is uh, shaping up fine. Uh, it would be awfully nice if we had even one pump spell, but oh well. Uh, we well, do we have do have double. one pump spell. We do? We have Crown Watch Standard. Oh, we do have Crown Watch Standard. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not in the spells there. Yeah, we do have one. Um, yeah, that helps. Uh, let's see. Uh, we can't do the thing where you make a side street monitor and then your opponent attacks with Basher and you cast a Finest Hour on your side street monitor and devour it. Um, but... Uh, you know, we don't know how many Barricade Bashers we're going to play against. Presumably 15 to 18 in the first game. So, <laughs> other than the Barricade Basher, there's also another Valkyrie Emulator and a Bring Into Focus and a Snipe. I think we should take Emulator. Yeah, I think we. I think Emulator is fine in this deck. Uh, then this next pack has a Metabot Station and a Darkwater Vines. Also some Primal stuff. We've seen like a thousand Frostbites. There's another one. Yeah, I think we just take Darkwater Vines. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Darkwater Vines still. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially a Medibot station. It kind of is. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a 1-1 one, one that takes two hits. Heyo, this is a good this is a good open here. Uh, it shows that we are in the right lane. Um, we have, uh, I guess it, I said open, but this is a good, what would you say? This is a good pull? I don't know. I'm losing my terminology. Anyway, there's a scent to market in this pack, and we're taking it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to say. Uh, here, there's nothing for us, really. There's another Oni Hybrid. That's the best card in the pack. Otherwise, it's Fresh Recruit and Hoarding Builder. Yeah, I don't know. We'll take, I'll put the Hoarding Builder. Yeah, thing. we might end up... We have a lot of ways to put things in the void, and we do have a Vine Grafter. We do. Uh, there's a Bolt Crafter and a Scythe Slash. There was probably a Stone Scar deck here somewhere, but I'm not concerned about it. Uh, and then a last pick, Arms Race. That's where Arms Race should be. Uh, the universe is as it should be. Okay, so do we want to go over the deck now that we've taken out the cards that we're definitely not playing? Yeah. 
Okay, we've got uh, three Darkwater Binds, a Prancing Griffin, a Razorbot, a Shock Troops, Bastion Gatekeeper, Battlemaster, Cataxius, Valkyrie Emulator, Bind Grafter, Deathwing, Hoarding Builder, two Side Street Monitors, a Sunset Priest, Metal Fang, and a Shoal Dredger. We have a Gravity Glove, Okesis Audience, and two Metabot Stations, a Seek Power, Audacious Ruse, Fatal Misstep, Execute, Spore Breath, and Send to Market, and then a Crown Watch Tactics. So that's fine. Um, I think we're our, for finishers. We have basically Metal Fang and Shoal Dredger, also Deathwing. Um, we could probably use a couple more big threats to end the game with. Uh, yeah, I really we, wish we had seen a second Shoal Dredger. That would have been nice for sure. Uh, we have a fair amount of removal, um, but we can use more of that too. There's a lot of just sort of weak cards in here that could be replaced with something stronger. Yeah, and that I would like if we're splashing Metal Fang, like one other power at least. Yeah, yeah, we we can definitely look for that. So this pack, uh, the rare is from Elements. That's uh, the primal uh, spell that does three damage to an attacking enemy. But uh, if you're playing Praxis, transmutes into a big old thing. So I don't even. I'm glad I don't have to explain it because we're not doing it. <laughs> um, and then in the uncommons, there's a Seat of Fury. That's the Fire Primal Seat. Amaran Shoveler, and a Warlock's Brew. That's the two-shadow fast spell that gives the enemy unit and every other enemy unit with the same name. Minus two, minus two this turn. Um, and then there's some commons here. There's Minotaur, Grunt, Kosul, Recruit, Torrent of Filth. Warlock's Brew is a, a downright good card, though, so I suggest... Yeah, I, I agree. Let's take the Warlock's Brew. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, there's a Svetka's Sanctum. How many spells do we have? Not enough that we could possibly play Sanctum, right? No, there's nothing other than send to market. Which send to market is pretty sweet. I that would be pretty funny. Um, mm. Yeah, no, probably not. It's just that's just too greedy. It would be hilarious. Sanctum is the is the relic that uh, that creates units whenever you cast a spell equal to the size of the spell that you cast. Yeah, we can't do that. Um, so the other cards are Feln Val, which unfortunately doesn't splash fire. It's a uh, primal shadow. There's an Elaz's choice, the worst choice uh, that you get. The, you get the cho choice between gaining three armor or making all units, including your own, get minus one, minus one. There's a touch which of resilience. is especially funny in this format when all of your units in Argentport are one ones. Yep, yep, it's real bad. Plague is great. Elaz's choice, not great. Uh, touch of Resilience, give one of your units revenge and give a unit weapon or spell in your hand revenge. And uh, let's see, then there's some stuff that we can't really feasibly play. There's a Loyal Watch Wing. There is a token of creation, which is Fire Time Justice. That could potentially oh, yeah, I guess that, yeah, that's a possibility. For me, it's between token of creation and Loyal Watch Wing. Yeah, Loyal Watch Wing is a Valkyrie. Um, yeah, and that's the that's its only sort of point in its favor. Yeah, I'm usually not crazy about playing it. It's just a one one for three, you know. Uh, if it gets off a war cry or two, that's great, but it's super unlikely to be able to attack with it. I'm I'm a soft spot for a touch of this of resilience, uh, but we don't. I usually like to have a really cool spell or two to give revenge to, um, and we really just have the one cent to market. And I guess Spore Breath, kind of. Yeah. So it's not set up that well for this deck, even though it would be fun giving revenge to some of our uh, some of our finishers, Deathwing, Metal Thing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I would probably still take it here, though, because uh, it's one of my weak spots, as I love a touch of resilience. <laughs> Do you think it makes the deck? Um, probably not. I feel like Loyal Watchwing has a higher chance of making the deck. Because if you take out, like, Hoarding Builder and Prancing Griffin and Shock Troop, you know, we only have We only have 14 units. units. Yeah. Okay, we can take the Watchwing. And it's a Valkyrie. It is a Valkyrie. Yeah, that's, that, that's relevant for two of our cards. Uh, so this is an easier pick, I think. Um, we've got uh, three uncommons left. There's a Grenadine and Bellower, a Friendly Wisp, and a Huru Vow. Um, in the commons, we've got a Valkyrie Denouncer, and then also a Boulder Gate Guard and a Loyal Watchwing. But Valkyrie Denouncer is just what we want for our Argentport deck that needs Valkyries. Yes, I, I agree. We'll take the Valkyrie Denouncer. Three, three for five with Revenge and Flying. What else do you want? Um, then there's uh, here there's a Mistrust. Uh, there's a Minotaur Grunt, Towering Arachnid, and Vara's Favor in our factions. I think I just take the Vara's Favor. I think so, too. Yeah, how many two-drops do we have? We've got Gatekeeper, Pataxius, Emulator, Vinegrafter. Um, but no, we don't that's have... a little deceiving because we have three Darkwater Vines and a Razorbot. Yeah, we don't really need more early game. And Minotaur Grunt, And if you don't have uh, a lot of, like, assertive removal um, or weapons or things uh, doesn't usually get to attack more than once. So yeah, Varus Favor is fine. Let's take Varus Favor. Cuts down on the number of power we have to play. And then here, uh, there's an Oryx Sentry, 1-5 for 3 Justice with Endurance and Warcry. Uh, there's a Towering Arachnid, another Sunset Priest, and a Blackguard Sidearm, and a Devour. Oryx Sentry is just generally a really strong card, um, but it doesn't activate Discard the way Sunset Priest does. Yes. Though, I don't know. <laughs> Again, yeah. Again, we don't need to. I mean, we we would be activating discard because we have three dark water vines and we want them to be two ones. Yeah. Yeah, this is. That's tough. I think Gorg Sentry is like a pretty good card. I don't know, though. It's. I don't know. Especially without any weapons and like the one pump spell, it's not doing that much in this deck, right? Yeah, it's not doing a lot. Um, I think we would probably... Well, I mean, it's too bad it's not a Valkyrie, but it's not even close to one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's between those two cards, Sentry and Sunset Priest. Uh, I think because we have the, the Darkwater Vines, I would... I am actually leaning towards Sunset Priest, even though generally Oryx Sentry is a stronger card. Um, yeah, no, I think that's where I'm leaning to. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird pick there because this is part of my. There's part of my brain that's like, no, Oryx Sentry is always better. But um, no, but you're right. There's no backup for it. There's no um, other than other than Crownwatch Standard. There's no way to like have it have it win a battle where it gets double blocked or something and yeah, also that's, something that that's happens the thing is just i've had the experience of like you play orc Sentry and you're like this is a great card this is going to do a lot even if it's not dealing damage it's getting a lot of war cry triggers and then they play a 2-2 and a 3-3 and you're like oh my orc Sentry can never attack yeah 
Yeah, we just don't have the backup for it. But uh, if we had fewer Darkwater Vines, then maybe I would still take it. But with three of them and not enough ways to activate them, I still I like Sunset Priest better. Uh, so here's a Grave Robbery and a Prickly Grenadine, basically. Um, I don't think we need more. Uh, like, Grenadine's fine, but I would prefer playing Sunset Priest over it because we're mainly trying to activate discard, not trying to get card advantage. Yeah. So but, Grave Robbery then? Yeah, I like Grave Robbery. I know that you've had bad experiences with it, but I would put it in the market so that Vinegrafter can get it if we see something in our opponent's void that we really want. Yeah, no, I, I like it in that in that respect. Um, and here there's uh, Drillmaster is an uncommon remaining, and there's also Rabble Rouser and Siege Provisions. But Drillmaster is a downright great card, so we might as well just take it. Yeah, I think We're, so. We've it's... got a lot of three drops here, but that's okay. Speaking um, of? Speaking of, the most three drop of all three drops, Kosua Recruit, a 3-3 three, three for three with one word in its text box, and that is Pledge. Um, it's fine. We're not going to play it in this deck, though, because we already have enough three drops. Um, but all the, the other cards are Elysian, so might as well take the Recruit. Yeah. And here there's a Talent of Nostrix and a Rabble Rouser. Um, I would suggest the Talon, I think. Yeah, I think the Talon's good. I mean, well, I think the Talon's pretty good as a card, and it goes great with our... At least we'll be able to buff oh, one it, weapon when we play our other weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does go with Cataxius. Uh, then there's nothing in our colors. is Magma Javelin, Magmatic Sentinel, and Blair Haze Worm are remaining here. Um, there's a Blackguard Sidearm and a Journey Guide. Uh, that Sidearm might make the deck or the market or something. And then a Bandit's Flail. 3-2 Relic Weapon for 4. Okay. Uh, so we've got a fine deck here, actually. I do wish we'd come up with a, a couple more big threats, because we're really yes. counting on... So we've got four ways to really finish the game. Deathwing, uh, Valkyrie Denouncer, Metal, Metal Fang, and Shoal Dredger. So... Um, uh, that's it's a that's a little weak. I think with Arjunport, you want to have a, a few ways of of really ending the game. Um, mm -hmm. But otherwise, and, this is fine. It's just sort of a middle of the road Arjunport deck. Yeah, I I agree. Um, do you think any of those finishers should go in our market? Um, let's see. I I would be more comfortable doing that if we had even one way of getting our Vine Grafter back. But Vine Grafter does tend to get to use its ability if it wants to because it's so hard to kill i mean we could play the horde builders so just in case we mill our all our wind cons yeah that's not really worth <laughs> doing though i don't think so if we had more ways of accessing the market then we could play hoarding builder but since we don't uh i wouldn't i wouldn't even would not do it uh let's see so we have that... uh, we have to make a few cuts here. We have a Seek Power and a Crown Watch Standard. Um, and do we have anything else that generates power? Varus Favor. I think all of those count as power when I build uh, my power base. So we okay. need to make six cuts from the list that we're looking at now, I think. All right. And so, well, a simple one is we said Grave Robbery into the market. Yeah. Um, I think the other spell that we maybe have the biggest question on is Audacious Ruse. I think so, too. I don't think it's going to usually be great here. 
Yeah, we don't have any symbols or anything like that. I mean, it's a good card. But I also think we have enough interaction. We, you know, even if we cut the ruse, we still have a fatal misstep, Vara's favor, Warlock's brew, execute, spore breath, and send to market. Yeah, and gravity, glove, and talent of Nostrix. So enough ways of, of punching things. Not a, uh, We've only got execute and send to market to kill really big things and occasionally spore breath, but uh, that just means you have to be judicious with... Uh, yeah, well, our spore breath could possibly kill anything because we have... Yes. Our whole deck might be in our graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> um, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, yeah, not for not for any end goal. <laughs> but no. Uh, so bandits flail uh, is a is not usually a strong card. Um, the only reason we would include it is because uh, if if you want, uh, because only only Cataxius only gives bonuses to weapons in your deck, not in your market. So we would have to have, just have it sitting in our deck. But it's kind of unlikely that we're gonna want to play it just because of that. Okay. That's probably true. If if Blandit's Flail were a um Oh, what's it what's it called? The the Valkyrie warp weapon? Uh that we saw two of during the Sludge trip? Blade. Sludge Blade. If it were a Sludge Blade, I'd say play it. But I don't know about Bandit's Flail. And also yeah. I think uh, I, I know that we want as much Valkyrie Warp as possible, but I'm not sure about that the Loyal Watchwing makes it. What about the Blackguard Sidearm? Mm, let's see. How many flyers do we have? Denouncer. Monitor. It's pretty good on Monitor. Pretty good on Vines. It's good on, it's good on Vines, too. Yeah. I don't know what... Oh, I think we can cut uh, Recruit as well. That puts us at 18 units, uh, not including the two Metabot stations. Yeah, I and I haven't cut the watch wing yet either. Right. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry that I'm not putting words to my thoughts a little bit more effectively. I, it's a tough last couple of cuts here. What about Razorbot? I would be okay we- with cutting Razorbot. I don't think it's it. I don't think it does a lot in this deck, and we have it four one drops. Darkwater Vines holds things off almost as well as Razorbot, you know? Yeah. And we've got a thousand of them. I mean, Blackguard Sidearm goes well on Razorbot, too. Yeah, but, you know, it goes well on most things. It's very hard to block it, but then you use two cards to do three damage per turn, and it can be killed with one card, so... Yeah, and so we just yeah. need one more cut, theoretically? I would say so, yeah. Uh, and, well... Still leaning towards Watchwing here. Yeah. I think it's... I mean, it's definitely our worst card. By itself. Or a Metabot Station. Yeah, we could take out a Metabot Station. We don't... um, We don't... We could take out a Metabot Station, sure. We don't have anything... we, we We don't have any way of sacrificing the units... Uh, Metabot Station in a deck like this can can potentially make two units to cast Shoal Dredger sooner or power up a Spore Breath, but it does take a long time to make those two units and then yeah. have them go to the Void. So it's uh, it's not that strong of a play. It always seems like... 
like you really want to be playing metabot stations if you can say sacrifice the station itself for um for some reason or sacrifice the metabots uh it's great with grizzly contest but if you don't have any way of actually using those bodies then it's not as great um so let's put the grave robbery in the market right the bandits flail the ra razor bot i don't see any way that we'll ever put get go get a hoarding builder but there it is we should definitely put a shadow sigil in there i would say rather than the hoarding builder we could put this random bastion bolt crafter we have here because then, you know, at least that's a flyer that we could give plus one, plus one, and regen to. Yeah, and it's a Valkyrie. And it's a Valkyrie. Yeah, I mean, I think we would... I would take Razorbot to give regen in most cases, but... In most cases, but sometimes you want a flyer. Yeah. So our final deck here that we're looking at is three Darkwater Vines, a Bastion Gatekeeper, Battlemaster Gataxius... Valkyrie Emulator, Vine Grafter, Deathwing, Loyal Watchwing, Season Drillmaster, Side Street Monitor times two, Sunset Priest times two, Valkyrie Denouncer, Metal Fang, Shoal Dredger, um, and then uh, Gravity Glove, Anokesa's Audience, Metabot Station, Talon of Nostrix, and Blackguard Sidearm, uh, Seek Power, Fatal Misstep, Farah's Favorite, um, Warlock's Brew, Execute Spore Breath, uh, Sent to Market, and a Crown Wash Standard. And then in our market, we have a Bastion Bolt Crafter, Razor Bot, Grave Robbery, Bandits Flail, and a Shadow Sigil. Uh, so I don't think we'll have time to play any games, right? But I, my analysis of this is that it's a it's a good but not great Argentport deck. No real bombs, uh, but Metal Fang kind of counts as a bomb. It's a pretty... Uh, if we had a way of getting it back from the Void ever... After it gets killed, that would be even better. Um, but sometimes you just win with a metal thing, you know. You put a blackguard sidearm on it or whatever, and you just—it's that's just the end of the game. Um, I think there's enough really good cards in here that if we draw them, we'll win games. And if we're smart about using our removal, we'll be able to keep our opponent from killing us pretty often. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's good, but not great. I would. I would not be surprised if it got seven wins, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it got fewer than that. Um, but I don't think it'll just fold to anything. I think it's got play against um, uh, against any typical draft deck. Yeah, I think it seems like a, a medium deck. I guess for my question to the community is, with Cataxius in here, how many of you would play the Bandit's Flail? Yeah, um, what would you cut for? You could, you, we could put in the Bandit's Flail and take out the Loyal Watchwing, perhaps? Yeah, though then that hurts other things. Yeah, it's, it's all a fine balance of medium things. And the other question with, you know, the only way we would have had to get back the Metal Fang is if we had taken the Nectar of Unlife instead of the Deathwing. Yeah, and I'd rather have Deathwing right now than Nectar of Unlife. All right. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that was the one of the bigger choices in, in the draft, I think. Yeah, no. So I think we drafted this pretty well. Like you said, you know, fire did seem to be open there at the end. So there's a possibility we could have gotten into that. But I yeah. think our colors were open. We just didn't see a ton of, like, great cards. Yeah, I, in an ideal world, I'd want uh, another Shoal Dredger. I'd want a second Centum Market. Yeah. Um, uh, and then maybe another Valkyrie Denouncer. You know, some of those high-end power cards, because our curve is real low. And there's nothing wrong with having a low curve of good cards. 
but you also you do want some finishers because yeah. our low yeah. curve is good at battling in the early stages of the game, but not great at finishing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I agree with all of that. All right, cool. So I think uh, you know, no promises, but I might do uh bring back my little YouTube series and uh maybe play these games and then do some analysis of them so people can see how this draft deck ends up. Uh, and, and hopefully uh, I and get more than two wins. That'll be exciting. I think it's likely that you will. Um, and next podcast for sure, we'll check in and see how the deck did. Um, but also, you'll, if you're on our Discord, um, Patrick, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll say how the deck did as well. Or if you do the YouTube thing, that may be how. It will be revealed. You'll find yeah. out sooner if you're part of the community. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do think we'll end our show there. Um, so... That is our show. So thank you again to all our patrons for making the show a success. And for those of you who are not a patron but still want to support the show, you can give us a five-star rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Um, you can join us in our Discord where not only can you chat with the community, you can find out earlier um, how this draft deck did. Um, and then finally, if you could please, 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 uh, you know, Give a like or thumbs up to all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts uh, each week promoting the show. That um, both helps promote the show and makes me feel good. So please do that. And then don't forget to send in all your 7-win deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them on the Discord. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night. Have a good night. Goodbye.